I don't remember when this was, but my cousin, who is now grown, uh, when he was 17, 18, something like that, um, he had a condition. His rib cage didn't really grow fully with the rest of his body. I don't know what it's called. It has a name for it, but it's not really important for this story. Um, so when he was 17, 18, somewhere around in there, he, um, uh, the problem was is his lungs and his heart were being pushed out below his rib cage because his rib cage hadn't fully grown with the rest of his body. Um, and it was causing problems. So they were going to take his rib cage and, uh, break all of his ribs, pull them up into place and let them heal so that then he would have better use and his lungs and his heart would be protected and he could breathe easier and all that stuff. So what they ended up doing when they brought him in for surgery, um, what they realized what they could do instead of breaking all his ribs, they stripped all the cartilage from his ribs and basically did the same thing. Pulled his rib cage up into place and then I don't remember what they did. If they set it or something to let it heal so that he, his heart and his lungs could go back into place and he could get protection. Um, so it was weird. Like We went to the hospital after the surgery to see him and his ribs weren't connected to anything. Like they were just floating, basically. And so you could see everything under his chest, like moving. You could see his heart beating. You could see his lungs breathing. And it was really crazy, crazy. But he went, he had the surgery and he went in for recovery or whatever. And he was still sedated pretty heavily. And so his mom, my aunt, went in and was sitting with him. And he started waking up. And she was like, she was like, hi, Eric, how you doing? And he was like, I'm, I'm doing all right. And she's like, how are you feeling? He's like, he's like, I'm feeling great. And she was like, what do you mean? He goes, well, when God took one of Adam's ribs, he gave him a woman. They took two of my ribs, so what do I get? <laughs> so there you go. Tonight we're talking about Adam and Eve. Because they also, yeah, they also removed two of his ribs. But anyway, so there you go. Um, oh, I, I'll, I can do this. So, um, Mike covered, what we're talking about is we're talking about um, basically kind of the love of God and how like all of the Bible points to Jesus. We're going to be kind of doing an overview of the whole Bible over the next uh, few months. So Mike started with creation last week. Um, This week I'm doing Adam and Eve. Um, So there's a lot here that you could talk about with all of this. We're not going to try to get into all of it. It's so much. Um, So we're just going to hit a part of it. Um, so, yeah, last week we talked about the creation um, up until 
God created man. Um, and so we sort of pick up after that a little bit. Um, God created Adam, gave him a job, <clears throat> created all the animals, and then took a rib from his side and gave him a helper, gave him Eve. Um, <clears throat> and then basically Adam and Eve were just hanging out in this garden that God had created for them. Um, and all was good and all was cool. Um, and there was two rules. And those rules were don't eat from the two trees that are in the center of the garden. Um, so it talks about that a little bit at the end of chapter 2. We're going to pick up just in chapter 3. Uh, we'll start from here. So <clears throat> now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid and he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree 
of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. So there you go. There's Genesis 3, Adam and, Adam and Eve. Um, we all know this story, right? Everybody's heard some form of Adam and Eve, and they sin, and they get kicked out of the garden. Um, so, yeah, we're going to we're going to kind of look at a few things here uh and then we'll kind of discuss what's going on right here in verse uh 1 it's interesting the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the lord god had made um god made the serpent that's one of his creation part of his creation um uh, i thought i found that really interesting as i was looking at that i never really paid attention to that verse before but um so you know god made the serpent what does that say about god probably god had a plan for the serpent that was something else and then it got kind of messed up we'll come back to that the serpent then deceived Eve. Um, you know, verse 4, You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, even though God had told Adam and Eve, if you eat from this tree, you will die. Um, so that's that's the part. The terrible lie. And that's the terrible lie is that the serpent said, hey, do this thing that God told you not to. And, you know, your eyes will be open and you can be like God. And Eve chose it. She chose a relationship with the creation, with the serpent, over a relationship with the creator. Um, she broke that relationship with God when she decided to listen to the serpent. Um, and ultimately, the goal was, instead of understanding that she was a creation, part of a creation, um, she was trying to become God. She was like, cool, that sounds good. I'll eat that fruit, and I will be equal with God. Um, so then they ate it. And their eyes were open. And did they become God at that point in time? They did not. Um, it brought shame, as, we'll see, as we see in this next little bit. They hid and they blamed. Adam blamed Eve. Eve blamed the serpent. Um, it didn't make them like God. It didn't give them wisdom, as it said. Uh, yeah, in verse 6, she saw that it was pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. 
Um, so yeah, I heard an interesting, or I read an interesting thing about you know in the in the typical stories of Adam and Eve, what do we see? They pick an apple from the tree and they eat it, right? I don't know where apple came from. That's just a thing. I mean, it could have been an apple, but what it says here is fruit, the fruit of the tree. Uh, and this thing I read was kind of interesting. It said, what if the fruit was not necess- like a physical fruit, but like the fruit of the spirit, like love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness. So what if the fruit that they were partaking in was the fruit of good and evil? So now, because they ate this fruit, they now have an understanding of suffering, of pain, of torment that they didn't have if they hadn't eaten the fruit. Um, I think that's really interesting. And I think that's, you know, could be what God was trying to protect them from was the knowledge of good and evil. Sure. Knowledge of good is a great thing. Knowledge of evil, you know, that brings hardship into their life. Um, so yeah, they, then because of this knowledge that they had been given, they hid and they blamed. Then, uh, verse 14 through 19 is the consequence of that sin. It's basically a curse that God pronounces on them. Um, now you might be thinking, well, that's kind of a jerk, jerk thing. God, you created this world and you created Adam and Eve and you're like, Hey guys, here's this garden. Cool. But don't do this. And then they did it. And you're like, you guys screwed up. You're out. Um, and that's partly true. Um, but when you sin or when you mess up or when you make a mistake, like you have to deal with the consequences of that sin. God doesn't say, Oh, I'll, I'll take care of this. Um, he says, you will still suffer the consequences of your sin of doing wrong and of eating from the tree But then he pronounces this curse on them and he rebukes them. Oops. And then he took care of them. He has compassion on them. They made clothes out of fig leaves. Um, And God took them and made garments of skin and clothed Adam and Eve since they now realized they were naked. And then, to protect them, he cast them out of the garden. It doesn't seem like protection. But again, if he's trying to not get them, they've already learned what evil is, what suffering is. They already have gained knowledge of this. And now what God doesn't want them is to um, eat from the tree of life. And live forever. Um, And so kind of what's going on here is, you know, what do do Christians talk about all the time? Eternal life. So why wouldn't God want them to live forever? 
in this scenario. Because this scenario has now been tainted. This scenario has now been broken. And if they eat from the tree of eternal life, they will live eternally in this scenario. And God has something better for them. Um, Eternal life with him, which comes later on. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the story, right? That's what we know. That's, that's Adam and Eve. They messed up. They get kicked out of the garden. Cool. Um, so if that was like a, well, like when we, when we talk about it, like when you read it in children's books and stuff, that is kind of the end of the story. Um, and it's kind of weird and you're like, cool, why would God do this? Um, but then if you look at it in the context of everything else we know in the Bible, then it makes a lot more sense. So a lot of people, um, talk about the story of Adam and Eve as sort of the beginning of wrong versus right, um, good versus evil. They talk about it as the fall of mankind, as original sin, as all these things. Um, right? We've all heard it talked about this way. Uh, and that's true. Um, but the way I look at it is this is the beginning of choice. This is God giving man a choice because of God's love. And you're like, what? Why, why would God loving mankind and giving them a choice, why would that be love? Because God poured out his love on his creation and he wanted love back from his creation. And you can't force something to love you. I mean, you can, but then that's not really true love, is it? Um, love comes when there is a choice to be given back um, to God. So that's, uh, that's what I mean by the beginning of choice. The problem with choice is there are good choices, there are bad choices. Um, after they were kicked out of the garden, this is just a little thing that I thought was interesting. In the next chapter, um, they have Cain and Abel, and then we heard that story, right? But, uh, in like verse one or two of chapter four, it says, um, basically, Adam got with Eve and they had a son. And, and the way it says, Eve, you know, and Eve said, with the help of the Lord, I have been given a son. So even though they've been cast out of the garden and things are looking kind of bad, Eve still worships God for her son. Then her two sons, uh, then she has one son, then they have another son. Then her two sons um, are working the land that God said they would do, and they bring offerings to God. So they have also entered into worship um, of this God who cast them out of the garden. So uh, there's not much explanation there, but I just find that really interesting that, you know, um, 
for me or for us, like when we get kicked out of something, we get kind of mad, don't we? We're mad at the person who kicked us out. Um, we don't offer thanks to them. We don't offer kindness to them. We just get mad because we're mad that they kicked us out of this thing or whatever it is. Um, so I just find that in all of this, Eve and Cain and Abel's thing was to continue to worship God um, with what they had been given. So anyway, that's just that was just something I found interesting. But good choices and bad choices. Um, uh, I think this is interesting. I'm going to tell you a story of a bad choice. Um, so I was thinking about this this afternoon, and I think it was probably 30 years ago right now to this month. I was uh, 14, freshman in high school, and the homecoming dance was coming up. It's like a bad 80s teen angst movie, because it was. 1988. Um, so... There was this new girl at school, and uh, I was like, cool. She seems pretty cool. She was like the cute little redheaded girl. I was like, I'll ask her to homecoming. And she said, yeah, sure. She didn't really know anybody yet. So cool. I was all set. Going to go with this girl to homecoming. Great. Um, get to homecoming, and... It's fuzzy. Uh, but there was this other girl who uh, <laughs> who was just, uh, uh, as I remember it, paying a lot of attention to me. And I was pretty stoked on that, being a 14-year-old girl. So 14-year-old boy, yeah, whatever, you know. <laughs> So I completely ignored my date, the new girl at school who I had asked to the dance and hung out with this other girl. A lot of you are hating me right now. It's pretty sweet. Um, and that's it. The story doesn't get better. I, uh, sh- the dance ended. We went home and we were freshmen. It wasn't like I drove her and took her to dinner. It was like we left the dance and then this girl didn't talk to me again for a long time. The other girl who I had started hanging out with at the dance, we sort of continued dating. I don't know. It was weird. Um, I think it lasted all of about three weeks. Um, so, yeah, bad choice. Um, and I knew it. I knew it while it was happening. I knew it while I was standing there at the dance and could see the girl over here who didn't know anybody, who was new to school, and this nice boy had asked her to the dance, ditch her for another girl. Um, <laughs> so... My friends were pretty mad at me, 
And that's a good thing. Get yourself some friends who get mad at you when you do stupid things because it's great. Um, so it was a couple weeks later and we were in the middle of like play practice or something. And so like on Friday nights after we were done, we would go to Denny's, uh, and just hang out just what you do. Um, and so I don't know what happened or how this came about, but so the girl I was dating um, ended up riding down to Denny's, and from the school to Denny's was literally like a six-minute drive. Like, it was not far. So she ended up in a car with my best friend, Cam, and some other people, and I ended up riding down to Denny's with somebody else. So in the 10 minutes or so that it took us to drive from school to the Denny's, I show up at the Denny's and this girl that I'm sort of dating has a huge hickey on her neck. And so we go into Denny's and I'm like, what is that? And she's like, oh, Cam gave it to me. And I was like, what? And immediately I'm like, you're a liar because Cam is my best friend and he wouldn't do that to me. So later on I'm like, did you give that hickey to Laura? He's like, yeah, I did. And I'm like, what? I'm like, why did you do that? He's like, because you're a jerk and you should not have dumped that other girl at homecoming for Laura. I was like, so you gave her a hickey? He's like, whatever. I don't, I don't know. I was just trying to get back at you. I was like, awesome. Cam and I are still friends. Still one of my best friends. It's great. Anyway, we still laugh about this story to this day. Um, and then about a week later, I caught her making out backstage with some other guy. Uh, so that was the end of that relationship. So, again... Bad choices. Made lots of bad choices in the span of that three-week time period. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did talk to the other girl. She, I, as far as I know, she was, everything turned out all right. She was very mad at me. She was very hurt, obviously. And I think the conversation that I had with her at some point, I don't remember when it was. It was, might have been even like a year later, two years later. I went up and I apologized to her for that dance and what happened there. And she's like, yeah, my mom really hates you. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's very deserved. Anyway, stupid story about a stupid kid who made a bad choice. And why do I tell you that story? Um, talking about choices. God gave me, through the fall of Adam, the ability to make that choice. Um, wasn't a good choice, but it was a choice. Um, so I was thinking about what it would mean to have no choice. Like, if 
God just created us as robots that loved him. Um, and I got thinking about robots. So you have like the matrix or Ultron, like what happens in all these movies where they create robots with their own, uh, with their ability to make up their own mind in all these movies, all these shows when there's no choice and they are just given intelligence, the, the storyline always goes, they wipe out the human race because of how inconsistent and awful we are and like not rational and whatever. Because the robots don't have love, they just have reason and intelligence. Like how many, I mean, Ultron and the Matrix are the only ones I could think of. How many stories are there out there that are like that? Only six. Okay. At least six. All right. Um, so, yeah. So, I made a bad choice. If you don't have a choice, you become a robot and you wipe out the human race. <laughs> so, I saw this thing one time. I think, man, I looked for this for the last two weeks. I could not find it. I have no idea what it was. It might have been a video. It might have been a story that I read on the internet or something. I don't know. It was like years ago, and it made an impact on me, but I didn't pay attention to where it came from, and I looked for it, and I looked for it. But basically, it goes like this. God created Adam, or before God created Adam, um, if, if we believe that God is omniscient, which means all-knowing, then God could have seen... What was going to happen? He would have seen that Adam would have eaten the fruit, would have brought sin into the world, would have created um, the, the story that we know about Adam and Eve. And then he keeps going, and he sees everything that happens with mankind and how they keep turning their backs on God and how he keeps pursuing them. And it keeps going and it keeps going. And then you get to Jesus. And God was like, well, this is what has to be done. He's like, I'm going to sacrifice my son to pay for all the sin that has been brought into the world. Um, so if, you know, if, you're th if you think about this, of a, of a father sacrificing his son to pay for the bad choices that I make. Uh, it's pretty, I don't know, pretty intense, pretty cool. Um, and then at that point, you're like, well, he hasn't done anything yet, but he can see what's going to happen, right? So then you would think, well, why bother? And then this little story thing, whatever it was, I wish I could have found it. I looked for a week, two weeks. Um, and it kind of ends, and it said, but because he loved mankind, because he loved you and me so much, he went back to the beginning, and he created Adam anyway. Um, 
And to me, that's what the story of Adam and Eve is about. is about choices and about God seeing the choices that were available to Him. But because He loved us so much, He went ahead and did it anyway. Um, so again, my bad choice in my silly little high school story um, didn't have horrible consequences to it. But there were still consequences. Um, you know, I mean, it caused some trouble with a friendship with my best friend um, for a while. Um, it caused some consequences for that girl. She went home devastated. I don't know what happened in that period. All I know is that later on when I talked to her about it, she was like, yeah, you're a jerk. And But she was thankful that I apologized to her. And she was fine. She was, you know, a pretty girl and got in with the pretty people at school and got friends and, you know, was well-liked. Um, so, again, as far as I know, that all worked out for the most part, but probably wasn't a fun week, couple of weeks, something for her after that night. Um, so yeah, and I, I, I mean, obviously it was 30 years ago, but still like I grieve that decision that I made, like that was just stupid. Um, so there were consequences to what I did. Um, but it's not the end of me. It wasn't the end of Adam and Eve. Um, my life, again, can be redeemed through Christ coming to earth and dying to pay for all of that stuff, all the bad choices. Um, we talk about sin a lot. You hear, it, you hear that word a lot in church. And what sin means is to miss the mark. Um, I think we do sin a disservice at times because we associate sin with evil. And what I like to say is all evil is most certainly sin. It is missing the mark. But not all sin is evil. There are good things in your life that are missing the mark from Jesus. Um, ow. Sorry. Um, Romans 6.23 The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, so redemption happened when Jesus came to earth. He redeemed all of my bad choices. He redeemed everything going back to Adam and Eve in the garden. Uh, 
Romans 5:17-21 For if by the trespass of one man that is Adam death reigned through that one man how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through one man Jesus Christ Consequently just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's everybody. That's not the bad people. That's the good people also. That's the good people who make bad choices. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. That's why we like redemption around here. It's one of our favorite concepts. Um, You've probably heard it said as turning shit into diamonds, Um, but the concept of redemption is taking something unworthy and making it worthy. John 3.16, you know this one, but how many of us know the next four verses? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. What did Adam and Eve do after they ate from the tree? They went and hid. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Romans 8.28 And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. So, yeah. Um, Adam and Eve is a weird story. And it seems like God is kind of a jerk in it. But what God was actually doing was setting up his love for us and setting up a way for us to make the choice to either love him or to not love him. Because that is the only way that love works, is when it is given, not programmed into somebody. Um, so yeah, uh, oh, I didn't put this up on there, but God's love for you, that's what we're talking about. This is what we want people to see throughout the whole Bible, through creation, through Adam and Eve, is God's love for you. God's God created a place for you. God was cool 
hanging out with the Holy Spirit and Jesus um, before he created earth. But he created earth, he created this place for us, for you. He created you in his image. It means we're not beasts of the field. We're not flowers. We're not some other part of creation. We are the image of the creator. Um, that is why we are given special uh, something. I can't think of the word. With God. We're given a special place with God. Because we are created in his image. Um, the snake, the serpent wasn't created in his image. The serpent was just part of his creation. Um, God gave you a choice. That is God's love for you. He's giving you the choice to love him back or not. That's huge to me. I don't know. Is that huge to you guys? That is huge for me. That God gave me that choice to give that love back to him or to not do that. He was willing to, I don't know, lose a whole lot of his creation that didn't want him, that rejected him. Because what he wants was is that love back and in in a true form. Um, and then God gave us Jesus and was able to redeem that choice if we made bad choices. Um, and gave us that ability to choose Jesus. And it redeemed all of our other bad choices that we ever made. Um, so yeah, that is God's love for you thus far as we're looking at the Bible. God created a place for you. God created you in his image. God gave you a choice. And God redeemed your choices with Jesus. Um, that's what I see with this story of Adam and Eve. Not just a cute little story about eating an apple and getting kicked out of the garden. Um, so yeah, we're going to, that's, that's what I got. We're going to take communion here now. And what we do is we tear off a piece of the bread, which represents Jesus's body. And we dip it in the cup which represents Jesus' blood. And it's a way to remember that Jesus redeemed those choices for us. Any bad decision, any bad choice that we've ever made um, is redeemed by Jesus' body and his blood being broken and spilled out on the cross for us. Um, and this is just a time to remember that. Um, so the band's going to play. And then, um, do we have people to serve communion tonight? Uh, can I get four people real quick to serve communion? All right, David and Sprout, you're two. Chad and 
Kenton are the other two. Cool. So there'll be two people at the back, two people at the front. You can come up, tear off a piece of bread, dip it in the um, cup. Uh, you can take it right then. You can go somewhere and pray. You can go outside. You can do whatever you need to do. The band's going to play. And then, yeah, this is just our time to remember what God has done for us in redeeming our choices. I'm going to pray for us, and then we will enter into this time. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for creating this place for us. Thank you for creating us in your image. The image of a creator. Thank you for giving us creativity. Thank you for giving us the choice to love you or not. And Lord, I pray that we would grow to love you more and to seek you more. And Lord, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross to pay for all of those choices, the bad choices that we've made. Amen.